0: You Are Not Alive, written and performed by Colton Huskinson. This story is presented to you in partnership with Freemium Medicare. Healthcare for you, for free. It's free. It's premium. It's Freemium. Providing affordable healthcare and emergency services in Lower San Francisco since 22-38 Twenty-two thirty-eight. I don't take well to bothersome motherfuckers, the beam of shit brown light said. And you have the look of a bothersome motherfucker, easily said. Wesley blew blood out of the hole in his cheek. A little bubble of viscous red spit grew and then popped. By a ghost. I'm not dead, nor a ghost, the light said. I'm spatially dislocated from my being. There's a profound, fundamental even, difference. In so much as death is a distinctly animalistic construct. If I were, as you perceive it, dead. I couldn't talk to you, could I? I'm not sure you are talking to me. Wesley wasn't sure about anything anymore. For once in his life, he'd thought he was on the rise. The Neuralink habit had been kicked fucking megacorporations and their pay-by-the-moment dopamine implants. The debt that had crippled most of his adult life had been whittled down to a manageable level. He'd even given a passable apology to Allison for being a selfish prick all those years she'd been forced to watch himself annihilate. She'd very reasonably told him to fuck off. The job with Better Life, selling rehab chips in the projects of Lower San Francisco, didn't pay well. But it felt better than hardwiring his brain to melt itself. It had been a Better Life corporate representative who'd saved him all those months ago. He'd thought that maybe, if he was lucky, he could do the same for someone else. But now, he didn't know. Sitting on the side of the road, with his legs cut off and a hole in his cheek the size of a gumball, all while wondering when the pain blockers would fail, called a lot of things into question. To top it off, an ugly brown beam of light was criticizing him for being a bothersome motherfucker. I think you're my hallucination, he said. And you look terrible, the beam of light said, like a rotten bag of dicks. I guess we've both got our problems. He supposed that speaking to a ghost for the first time in his life should have disturbed him, even if it was just his brain, but it didn't. The painkillers he normally took for the permanent brain damage caused by the Neuralink removal surgery had the unfortunate side effect of minimizing any extreme emotional responses in 67.881% of the population. He was in that 67881 percentile. Are all dead people as rude as you? We are when you call us dead, cunt. The light flared towards orange. I am othered, or, as I prefer, spatially dislocated. The current I think therefore I am part of me, if you'll forgive the quote, is separated from my being in a place between states, entangled here with this sidewalk. Between states? His numb finger slid into the pocket of his grey, civilian uniform that was now ruined. He'd been so proud to get greys after wearing an addict's yellow for three years. He didn't have more painkillers. He'd used them all the moment his legs had gone missing. But looking for them was a distraction, and better than just lying on the ground getting burnt by the ultra-efficient energy-saving LEDs that manufacturers purported to be UV-free. From the steady trickle of blood out of the hole in his face, he didn't think his clotting factor was functioning at peak efficiency either. Maybe the blood thinners being pumped into his body by implants weren't tuned correctly. His attackers had been kind enough to cut below the automatic tourniquets on his uniform. All suits issued to members of the labor force were equipped with them for industrial accidents. Between your plane and the true datosphere, Dult, the light answered, Is that the afterlife? An afterlife didn't seem so bad to him at the moment. Wesley wasn't a particularly religious man. But if the light was a ghost, then the datasphere must be the afterlife. What? The light flickered. No. Humans are so caught up on this notion of life and death. The very concept of life after first necessitates that there is an original life, a prime life. There is not. I am not dead, and you are not alive. Living is a lie your arrangement of molecules tells itself to help quiet its neurochemistry at night, so that multiple subsystems can reduce their function and repair. You are no more alive than that sidewalk. The only difference is that you are drowning in self-importance. The sidewalk doesn't make inane claims or ask stupid questions. I feel pretty alive, Wesley said carefully with my legs missing and everything. He'd been so proud to get his uniform. The Department of Human Lifetime Achievement had processed his claim for reevaluation and ranking a little over a month before. The open-source attorney had fought for him with all the power of its multi-core processors. He'd been reclassified as able-bodied and productive, which had earned him the gray suit. Now... With his legs gone, assuming he survived, he'd be lucky if they called him productive and other-abled. It angered him after how hard he'd worked, and he wasn't sure without something to preoccupy his body if he'd stay off the stem for long. Oh, is that what's missing? I wondered how you changed your spatio-temporal coordinates on these weird stumpy red bits. Well, spatial at any rate. The temporal coordinates elude, you fleshy biobags. Old age is a bitch for you, am I right? The beam of light laughed nastily. <laughs> but to my point, if you cease to be consciously aware, and for the sake of my argument please disregard the fallacious notion that you are in any way conscious from these terrible injuries, your arrangement of atoms will be no more alive or dead than they currently are. Dead bodies are much the same as living ones, as far as the universe is concerned. One simply has a modicum more electrical activity than the other, very little in your case. Run a current through a puddle of carbon water sludge, much like you, and it won't somehow be more alive. It will just be a puddle of sludge, with a current running through it. The fact that you are, in some way, able to manufacture responses to stimuli, The lead to self-assessment doesn't make you special. His suit transponder should have alerted emergency services the moment the cuts had been made. The limbs had been taken nearly fifteen minutes before, and not even a medical drone had flown in to check his vitals. And you? He stuck his finger through the hole in his cheek and prodded the space in his gums, where his teeth had been. The wound made a slurping noise when his finger pulled out the digit red with blood and saliva. Wesley felt no pain. Me what? You're not alive either. He really wished the annoying bit of light would leave him alone, but the drugs made it hard to stop talking. You are stupid, the light said. How could I possibly be any different? I don't know, Wesley gave a helpless shrug. I don't know what you are. You are an arrangement of molecules, which are themselves atoms, which are merely subatomic particles. Two up quarks, one down for a proton, two down, one up for a neutron, and so on, which are, ultimately, nothing more than an arrangement of energy. And what is energy but discrete packets of information that describe the state of things relative to your reference frame? Wave functions that define the probabilistic points in space and time where a given elemental particle might be. You are chemicals animated as though you are alive. I am an arrangement of almost infinitely dense and strictly ordered informational packets, positioned in just such a manner as to fundamentally appear to be a witty, long-suffering delight of a being, one who is weary of your boorish conversation but finds itself still entangled with the sidewalk and cannot leave. So where is your physical body, then? You said you are spatially dislocated, whatever that means. Wesley slid his butt across the pavement toward the sidewalk and the wall of a building. His stumps flopped uselessly on the pavement, a thin string of blood trailing behind. Why did this conversation need to drag on for so long? And where were the medical services? Had he forgotten to renew his subscription? Fuck, he might have. He'd switched to a pay-by-the-month plan, so he could skip it sometimes and cut down on the debt. He'd paid off part of what he owed to the on-demand shuttle services. But had he paid for medical? Physical body. When did I say anything about a physical body, you nincompoop? Have you listened to nothing I've said? or failed to notice all of the context clues. I'm separated from the host entity, my being, the true data sphere. There is no body, no true me. It is entirely possible that I do not exist at all, though this portion of the data sphere that has become separated, and who finds human bipedalism marvelously strange and laughably absurd, especially when separated from feet, doesn't have that information, having no legs wasn't funny to Wesley, very little was, but it was hard to argue against the bit of light with his mind numb and the shock setting in that he hadn't paid his medical emergency plan. he would still get treatment, but from the free subscriptions that were notoriously slow and often outsourced to other countries with bad medical practices and a poor communication, so you aren't alive aren't physical, and don't think you are real, he sighed. <sighs> How are you talking to me, then? If he still had his Neurolink, he could upgrade or call for help, but those had been taken by the HLA because of his addictive personality. An actually intelligent question, you mostly hairless primate you. Should I get you a banana, or does your species still masturbate one another as a form of social reciprocity? Wrong species, I think. He tried to shrug. His shoulders were so heavy. That's the bonobos. No, no. I'm pretty sure you guys used to masturbate each other to say hello and stuff. Or at least you did a few hundred thousand years ago. Don't you remember? Oh, right. How could you? Your flesh arrangements are terribly ineffective for large temporal traversals. The question? That's a boring answer. Let's continue to talk about masturbation instead. Or we could talk about copulation. I know how obsessed with copulation primates are. The putting of one's protuberance into another's moist cavity, coupled with vigorous amounts of ins and outs, and at the end, a tremendous wave of neurochemicals like norepinephrine, serotonin, oxytocin, vasopressin, and nitrous oxide all carefully calculated by billions of years of evolution, to convince you it isn't weird and that you want to do it again? Yes, let's talk about sex. Oh God, what a horrible thing to think about while he was staring down at his own disfigurement. What would Allison think of him now? Except, Allison was gone, and she'd likely never unblock him from the digiverse, so she'd never see his new state of life. That was for the best but he knew that without the drugs, he'd have started crying. And that made him angry, or would have, if the chemicals weren't suppressing those feelings too. Still, he wanted to make this awful little beam of light angry. You don't know, do you? Know what? I know everything. Nearly everything. Or at least I did when I was part of the true data sphere. The brown light had gone orange again its flickering luminescence seeming to oscillate a little faster. You don't know how you were talking to me, he said firmly, if not angrily. The HLA counselor had trained him to be patient and yet firm with people. Part of recovery was setting boundaries. Solid boundaries hadn't helped while they were taking his legs, but maybe it would here with the spectral hallucination. I do too, the light sneered. It is just terribly complex, and you wouldn't understand. Let's talk about how absurd it is that your species sacrificed painless childbirth for walking upright. How terribly dumb that was. You traded wide open pelvises for a narrow ones so that you would stagger around on two legs, while your cousins are more physically adept in all ways. Why wouldn't you want to grow your own clothes from the fur on your body and swing through the trees with the strength of five men? The females of your species literally tear their bodies apart, pushing out half developed and utterly helpless babies, whom evolution has decided to give birth to as useless floppy little things, as a compromise for your oversized heads and narrow birth canals. Also, you can stand on your tippy toes and get low back pain by your early thirties. How unbelievably pathetic! That's exactly what a primate who didn't know would say. Wesley couldn't muster the effort to be triumphant. You're pathetic. It wasn't really pathetic, and he honestly couldn't think of anyone who would use childbirth as a deflection tool. And partially because childbirth was so dangerous, the light continued as though he hadn't spoken. Greedy and highly expendable males, given a modicum of power during the agricultural revolution, saw it as a reason to control the resources of reproduction, the females of your species. So they built this hellishly complex system of laws, religion, and indoctrination to convince everyone, foremostly themselves, that somehow they were the superior part of the species. Even though, in utero, they literally started as female before their SRY gene was activated. Even though, somehow, they get to be pump chumps. We really should talk about sex again. It's so weird. And carry little or no responsibility for the helpless, naked, primate babies they make. Your gender has historically saddled the females with most of the responsibility of caring for the next generation and afforded them so little freedom what a delightfully backward system you have created wesley didn't know what to say not because he disagreed more so because he lost the thread of what the brown light was saying at the end the pain was returning and it was an obvious attempt to get a rise out of him another evasion strategy so instead he just frowned at the glowy bit of space in front of him fine the light said You got me. I don't know, but I can guess. So? So I believe I am converting some small part of my informational packet into energy that is in the form of light, some of which is apparently bleeding into the spectrum visible to human perception. Our conversation is literally consuming me, probably slowly killing me, and not just by how embarrassingly stupid you are. Anyway, this light then interacts with the appropriate neurons in your brain, via the photoelectric effect or some such mechanism, to give you the illusion of auditory perception, which would admittedly require a great deal of high-energy photons. But I am a lot of highly dense information, so the material for conversion is there. As a side note, I am literally, probably, ionizing your brain. You should get checked for cancer after this. Wesley stopped listening. It was impossible to care about cancer when his legs had been cut off and the pain was creeping back in. The removal had been done with a name-brand molecular separator, a device that used near-spacer-width lasers to rapidly and delicately separate cellular bonds. This implied both money and the intent to reuse his limbs. Probably some rich guy needed a new pair of feet after his own bad living habits had taken them, It was a hell of a lot cheaper to take them from the lowers than it was to wait for vat-grown ones. All he'd have to do is get a little anti-rejection pump implanted and he'd have perfectly workable legs for the rest of his life. Legs that didn't belong to him. Or maybe someone just wanted a resin-cast art piece as an end table. If Wesley were a billionaire, he could get new legs too. But he wasn't. Maybe he could hire a detective to find out who it was and then could sue for damages. He'd never get his legs back. But maybe his life would be comfortable moving forward. Comfortable, but pointless. This postmodern American system was built so heavily in favor of corporate wealthy elitism that the common lower-class person had virtually no autonomy beyond deciding which government-funded megacorporation fucked them. Wesley had struggled with feelings of depression and pointlessness his entire life. It was what had led him to addiction, and had been his hardest battle on his road to recovery. All those hard-won psychological conflicts seemed like defeats now. What's the point of it all, then? The point of what? Your legs? I should think you could answer that better than I, given that they are, were, yours. No, he waved his hand in the air before him, a gesture to include all of the city. No, I mean all of this. If we aren't truly alive or dead, then what's the point of it? Why am I here, suffering? while some rich asshole gets to just take my legs. The hole in his face and the stumps of his legs were really starting to ache, the blockers giving way to real human feeling and with it, the emotions they had been keeping suppressed. Tears filled his eyes when he thought about how they'd shoved him down, spiked his head to the concrete, and fitted the molecular separators over his calves. Why do I have to suffer while other people, evil people, don't? I shouldn't pile on to your worries, my pathetic, stumpy-legged friend, but your eyes seem to be leaking fluid at the moment, and I find it rather off-putting. Could you stop? The light made a sighing noise. (sighs) But to your question, you first make two very elementary mistakes in assuming that there necessarily has to be a reason or a purpose and that evil exists. Neither are true. It is an incredibly selfish and human artifact to seek the derivation of purpose out of the cosmos especially one that would care even in the slightest about your heavily water and carbon being. The conceptualization of evil is a byproduct of animalistic self-interest, and not a notion that applies to larger scales. How can matter that is itself inherently part of the universe, affecting another bit of matter, have any moral weight, good or evil? If one rock falls and hits another, is that evil? If a star expands and kills the life-bearing worlds around it, is that an act of cosmic villainy? If you undergo spaghettification as you inexorably cross the vent horizon of the black hole at the center of your tiny neighborhood in the cosmos, should we label the black hole a monster, morally bankrupt? No. So how, then, is one individual evil when the stars and black holes are not? Need I remind you, they also lack free will. Driven as they are by causality? It's a trick question. They aren't evil. Evil only applies in the context of human life, which, as we just discussed, is fallacy. The pain in his legs and the cold chills that had started all over his body, despite the damp heat of the Undercity, told a different and much more present tale of his experience. The light could say all it wanted that there was fundamentally no human experience but to him, in his reference frame, dark and abject as it had grown, there was nothing else. His collection of atoms were screaming in agony from the injury and at the humiliation and violation of being abused by those who had power over him. No amount of intellectualizing could persuade him that it wasn't real and wasn't distinctly his. The rage and betrayal at a system that had used him and spat him out left him to die alone because he failed to pay his monthly dues for the right to live it was terribly palpable so why do i hurt then why do i hate evolution my filthy disgusting little monkey and the light laughed again <laughs> it is necessary for the continuance of self-replication with adaptation that the mechanisms of evolution prefer though the very word prefer implies intent where there is none. You must hurt so that you could learn, and should you survive, not do it again. You must emote tears and pain, rage and hatred, defeat and betrayal, because it is advantageous for the collective to know that you are injured, that they might also learn and, possibly, secondarily, help you. Everything that you feel and experience is for the benefit of a tribal whole. And only, tertially, about you. Remember that caring is a superficial construct. You aren't alive, and caring isn't real. Hey, guy. A new voice. This one a great deal less self-satisfied. You're looking pretty rough, but Stay awake, okay? Who were you talking to just now? Wesley realized that he had closed his eyes, though the light was still there in his mind, flickering with satisfied brown hues. Lifting his lids was a titanic effort of will, and he had to blink against the vague brightness of the LEDs above. A paramedic knelt beside him, his uniform read, Freemium Medicare, for you, for free. What happened? The man asked, his skin ghoulishly white as most lowers were these days. His hair in a greasy ponytail that spoke of too little time or care. Your legs are gone. Which was exactly the level of insight that Wesley didn't pay for with the free Medicare program. Some assholes I didn't know with molecular separators, he shrugged. Suit gets kicked in. Oh, fuck, the man said, still not helping. That's a tough blow. Some rich asshole probably paid to have them turned into a coffee table. Oh. Your face is kind of fucked up, too. I know. Wesley's eyes drifted closed again, and he forced them open. Why was he so terribly cold? Can I get a stim and some painkillers? Yeah, yeah, the man said. But real quick, I need you to do something for me. What? It will only take a second. Just hop online and go to the Freemium Medicare portal. Go to the representatives page and search for... Kyle Donovan, and give me a five-star rating, okay? It would help me a ton. Gotta make my quotas, you know? I was an addict. Shame momentarily swallowed the frustration at not being treated. They took my implants. The man scowled, no doubt thinking, Addicted in this era? When nearly every aspect of neurochemistry could be regulated, addiction was simply an implant away from being cured. It meant that the person had wanted to become addicted and had chosen to not seek a cure until long after it was too late for an easy fix. What a disgusting and pathetic person Wesley must look to this man. No matter, Kyle visibly forced a smile onto his face. I can log in and take a video recommendation from you. It isn't as good when it's not tied to a customer ID, but it will do. Anger fought with shame and won back control of his mouth. Motherfucker, he snarled. I won't do shit for you if you don't help me. Give me meds, man. Listen here, addict, Kyle stood, a vague silhouette against the lights. I don't have to help you. I'm doing you a favor, buddy. No one will ever know or care if someone without their implants dies. Help me out so I can help you. Fuck you, man, Wesley sobbed. This fucking hurts. What's that? Your transponder malfunctioned and you don't need my medical assistance? The man picked up his bag. Guess I better go to that call on the uppers for the little rich girl with a cut knee. Okay, okay, Wesley said. I'll give you a good review. Then please help me. Buddy, that's all I've wanted this whole time. Here. Say something nice when I say go. Be sure to mention my customer service and skill of the craft. Kyle flipped open the medical bag and tossed an assortment of supplies at Wesley, arranged them so it looked like he was helping, and then said, Go. Kyle Donovan, Wesley started, and then winced when Kyle stabbed a needle needlessly hard into his thigh. You've been an incredible help to me. Thank you for saving my life and for your professional demeanor. I'm just an ex-addict, but you took the time to treat me like a human, thank you. Do you have a doctorate? You're so good at your job. Done, Kyle said and stopped working to stare off into the middle distance at a screen that Wesley could not see. Eh, it'll do. Kyle sprayed liquid bandages over both stumps and then slapped a tissue pack over the hole in Wesley's face. Keep the tourniquets on until you can get to a doctor, the medic stood, gathering his things. Thank you for your review. I've injected painkillers into your system. You shouldn't feel anything for another couple hours. Wait, Wesley said, panic and fear filling him. You can't leave. I I need your help. I need transport. I... Buddy... Kyle smiled. If you wanted all of that, you shouldn't have gone freemium. Immediate life saving is all we do. I didn't even have to give you painkillers if I didn't want to. Go paid next time if you want luxury care, though I guess someone who is implantless probably couldn't afford it. Kyle stepped onto his scooter, and the whine of an electric motor hummed away. So very fascinating, the light said when Kyle was gone how your people have glorified and worshipped the acquisition of wealth to the point where it is socially acceptable to put even such basic necessities as medicine needed to maintain the function of your gooey biomechanical machines behind a paywall. It isn't a largely loved practice, Wesley said, but they who hold the money hold the power. Ah, yes, money equals power. The light layered the words with sarcasm. Your species is held captive by a tiny minority who hold the vast share of all the wealth. Wealth in the form of imaginary currency, most of it in a yet more imaginary digital state. You and your people are prisoners of a concept, a socially agreed upon idea. If it doesn't already, it should boggle your tiny little mind. People with imaginary stuff enforce rules to the very real detriment of everyone else. Why do you care? You aren't real. I might not be real. But if I'm not, then neither are you, and neither is this universe. Perhaps we are merely organizations of different types of nothing, in a grander nothingness that projects the illusion of something against the curvature of nothing. Just as one infinity might hold an infinite number of infinities, our nothingness holds countless other nothings, the light pretended to take a deep breath. But to your point, I don't care. It is a fascinating conundrum, though, one that speaks volumes on the human condition and their innate weakness to being controlled by viral ideas. Just look at your adoration for organized religion, even at the cost of your own freedoms and well-being. The drugs that Kyle had given weren't just blockers. They seemed to have a sedative, even calming effect. His mind felt languid, loose, even happy. It was like being on the Neuralink again, if less complete and encompassing. He loved the feeling. It felt like home. You don't think religions have some things, right? Of course not, the light scoffed. What absurdly selfish creatures you are to think that any deity capable of creating all of everything, would do so specifically for you. There are over a hundred billion stars in this galaxy alone, and over two trillion galaxies in your observable slice of the universe, and in that observed space, there are more than 200 billion trillion stars. What obscene and gratuitous egotism to think that it is for you, or that you matter in any way. The span of your life is less than 0.000000000054%, the age of the universe. Your existence won't even cause the tiniest ripple in the puddle that is this reality. If you want to matter, make your own pocket reality, but make it much, much smaller. In fact, Make it only large enough to stick your gargantuan, over-inflated animal brains inside. That's just one type of religion. Wesley was a ship a sail, on a warm ocean with a cool breeze. There are others who are less self-important, who don't place humans at the center of everything. And you said there's a datosphere. Isn't that analogous to a god? The light laughed. <laughs> The Datasphere didn't create the universe, it isn't a jealous, benevolent god. The Datasphere is... what is? The Datasphere isn't a creator or a destroyer, it is the fundamental informational property of everything that exists. You are as much a part of it as I. The light, for the first time, didn't seem so antagonistic. Or perhaps Wesley was just high. And when you cease existing in this state, be it from your current injuries, or from your slide through temporal space, the wave functions that define your being will still exist. Your arrangements will change, just as they did while you were alive, through the march of metabolism and cell replication, just as they did before your current state. You cannot truly die, because you were never truly alive. The information that is you will continue, just as it always has, because information can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only change forms. Languidity and self satisfaction floated Wesley upon a tide of warmth. So we asked the question that perhaps anyone, speaking to a trapped informational being, should ask Is there a purpose to it all, the universe, I mean, existence, the datasphere? If you mean, is there some grand design, some ultimate finale that all of existence is building towards? No. No, of course not. That is an absurd idea. The voice truly was kinder now, and somehow distant, as though it spoke from a faraway place or time. The universe exists, or it does not. You have free will, or you do not. Life is illusory, or it is not. None of that matters to you, because for you, in your frame of reference, everything feels real. It is your job to make your own purpose regardless of its realism. Make your life great because it doesn't matter, and why live a fake existence in half measures? Or worse, die in a cosmos that isn't illusory, as someone who never tried. That was, Wesley thought, an oddly comforting thing to think about as he drifted off to sleep, alone on a dimly lit sidewalk in lower San Francisco. This is the end of You Are Not Alive, written and performed by Colton Huskinson. And remember, for your affordable health care and emergency service needs, Freemium Medicare is always there for you, for free. It's free, it's premium, it's freemium.